God Almighty, it is the Sweat Equity Podcast, coming to you from Cigar City Studios in the Toco Works office in a fucking devil's asshole hot sun of a summer. July in Tampa, Florida is uh, pretty gross. I'm your host, Law Smith. Um, this this Sweat Equity Podcast uh, episode's a little different. Sometimes, uh, I don't know if y'all experience... Um, guy friends or just it's not that it's he's a dude that we got set up to do this interview but if you go back in some of the old episodes joe sale um photographer uh, my go-to guy for um for work for my clients um recommended i talk to matt green i was like hmm that's weird we don't really know each other but sure why not i look because i looked at his uh his stuff which is blade butter uh blade if that sounds familiar that's like that shaving oil um and we talk about how dollar shave club may have ripped him off so uh this was really interesting it was one of those things where you feel awkward that you don't know someone and you're bringing them up and you're going to talk to them for an hour um and i i probably was too uh, spazzy during this interview to let him uh talk so um i've been getting feedback about that if you like this Share with a friend, loved one, coworker. Uh, just toss it over. Send them the link. We're we're trying to get good guests on. If you want a, um, if you want to sponsor a guest, is that how you do it? If you want to uh, recommend a guest that maybe is within your reach, hit me up. Email l a w at t o c o w o r k s dot com. Law at Toco Works. T o c o W-O-R-K-S.com. As always, we have a sponsor. It may not be a financial sponsor, but we're going to represent Blade Butter. Uh, Check it out, bladebutterbrand.com. Really interesting interview, and we could have gone on for two hours if I didn't have a a cutout to a gig. So without further ado, let's uh, get weird with Matt Green and some Blade Butter. Bleed better, bleed better. Yeah, I don't like doing. I don't like doing like the bringing people in and kind of. I try to keep this conversation. You could talk yes, whenever you want, man. <laughs> so I, I was just waiting for an opening. No, it's uh, my bad. No, that's all right. Uh, let's talk about shaving. Yeah, because that's what I uh, I'm doing right now. That's my my side gig that makes me some pretty good money. Um, basically, uh, I'll tell you the story of how I came about the product I- in a little bit. But yes, I have, I have I a natural product that uh, I put through a special filtration process that. Helps your razor uh, perform better and last up to 10 times longer, pretty much any razor. Um, and then I just launched this new product um, that I've given you here. It's called Shave Jelly. It's uh, an alternative to uh, shave creams, shave gels, which tend to be toxic in nature. Okay. Um, so like chemicals. Like the, um, like the old school barber saw, like the, the ones we all kind of – we think back at like what we're, our dads use. Basically, there's a whole new game out there of 
you know, hey, it doesn't why you don't have to use that anymore. It's pretty accessible to get good stuff now. Th- Th- that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great companies out there. Um, you know, you have the corporate giants that kind of rule the land, right? They have the big market share and they've got the shaving creams, the shaving gels that I, I would say 90% of us buy. Yeah. Right? And uh, what people don't realize is to preserve those products and to make them foam just right and to make them smell just right, they use a lot of toxic chemicals in there. And uh, so now people are looking for all natural alternatives. They're paraben free. They're, uh, you know, non-toxic to your skin, which, you know, that's another thing about shaving is it's one of the most um, thoroughly abrasive things you can do to your skin. And uh, it's almost like having a a chemical peel that, uh, you know, uh, my wife would get down at the spa. (laughs) But we're doing it on a regular basis. And um, so it really opens the pores. And so if you're putting toxic, possibly, you know, dangerous chemicals on your skin, you're giving them a a direct delivery system into your into your bloodstream, into your so by 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 shaving, you're opening yourself up. You really are. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i going to ask questions that don't have a, <laughs> a real a question mark on the end. That uh, There'll be statements just because I'm uh, kind of running around today like crazy. But um, And so my thing is, what, do, what, what does toxic really mean? Like, that's kind of a term that, you know, you'll hear a yoga instructor use. You'll hear a uh, nutritionist use. What... What does this mean in the in the shaving world? Like, a well, you know, l- let me just cut it down to like a simple analogy. Sure. Would you rather put water on your face or gasoline? Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe if I was at Burning Man, probably <laughs> gasoline. But right, right. but yeah, intentionally, yes. Right. But uh, I mean, that's kind of what it gets down to. It, it's harmful if it's done on a routine basis and shaving happens to be one of those things that you do on a routine basis. Yeah. You know, I think a few years ago it was a big deal about what deodorant you were using mm. and the fact that women shave their armpits gave it a, a faster delivery system to possibly being linked to harmful diseases. But you know, that's what I'm getting at. I'm just trying to offer, uh, I'm trying to offer better shaves, longer lasting razors with natural alternatives. And how, wait, how did this come about? So this podcast really, uh, we wa- I want to talk about this stuff, <clears throat> but this podcast is really about like, uh, I read your uh, your bio and, you know, it's really about you going from uh, farm towns in uh, Illinois. <laughs> right. I grew up on a horse farm in the west suburbs of Chicago. From, wanting, from there, wanting to be an entrepreneur uh, in this direction. And you said this is kind of a side hustle. So it's kind of like... But that, I feel like a lot of people that listen, a lot of people that um, I'm 32 and I feel like give or take five years older or younger, I feel like everybody's having to have a side hustle. And it might be it might not even be an age thing. It might just be anybody in the professional world now kind of can't just rely on that one job. For me, it was always uh, don't hedge your bets. Like exactly. I, I want I want a backup That's plan exactly. at all times. Yeah. So. It- you know, I went to school in Illinois, Illinois State University, go Redbirds. Okay. And uh, then graduated, and the economy wasn't so great up there, so they weren't hiring. I, I was a PR major. I avoided math 
as, as much as possible. Okay. So as a PR major, couldn't get any jobs in PR in Chicago, which uh-huh. is ridiculous, right? So my a relative, my mom had moved down here about a year earlier. I came down for a visit, and so I was a year out of college. And she said, "Why don't you just try and find a job down here?" And I found one like that in so Tampa. I, it was in uh, over in Clearwater at mm-hmm. at Valpac. Okay, the blue envelope right. people that annoy the heck out of you. You know, <laughs> they send you stuff every every month. Um, but always there, good stuff. It, all, his, all his helpful stuff. I, I mean, some of the stuff in there is really funny now. But uh, w- and we had a lot of fun with that. But what companies like that did here and there weren't a lot of great companies back then it was like the mid 90s and uh what they did was they trained me really well on graphic design uh you know layout programs um finished product then they moved me into sales you know i mean so these were the things that were building the base for me to be an entrepreneur i know i always knew that i wanted to do my own thing always i was always doing something to kind of get to the next level kind of thing so I mean, my advice to anybody out there is just take what you're doing now and try to parlay that into something else down the line. Don't think it's going to last forever. Well, okay, that's a very good kind of point because (coughs) I've been talking about this with a lot of people. And I I go, look, um, every business has an exit plan. And maybe it's Hershey's and it goes on for 100 years or more. But every business has an exit plan. Every employee you hire should have an exit plan. A lot of people don't think about that, and a lot of people don't think about contingency and a lot of those things. And your perspective that way, I agree with 100%. Don't don't think this is a precious. This idea is good, but you know it may be. It may not. It shouldn't surround your whole life. Don't attach everything to you about it, because at the same time, like if you go, this is all I got. This is all I'm doing. You know, you're gonna, you might miss opportunity philosophically to like look at something else and then apply that to your business. And I've been talking with a lot of people who don't, they don't really think in that aspect on the way in. You should think of that on the way in. Everything has an exit. I know that's a little bit morbid and more of like, no, I I totally agree with you. (laughs) And my other advice on that same, along the same lines is don't burn any bridges. All those people, you know, when you start out, all those people that you're sitting around are going to move their way up a system, too. Yeah. And they could be in a position to help out. And that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I mean, I get I I have the marketing firm and then I have this product, this product line of shaving products. And I don't go out and actively look for marketing work. It, it comes to me through referrals. Right. So, you know, that's that's the thing you got to learn when, when you're first starting out is, you know, try not to burn bridges. I mean, sometimes you just got to burn it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, mean, it's just somebody that you can't stand and whatever. But, but try your best to not burn bridges because it can come back and pay off. I probably have, you know, I, I went from Valpac to I worked at Ecker College. Then I okay. worked for the PGA Tour. I worked for Deloitte and Touche. I worked for um, uh, a couple other nice companies in the area. And then uh, I worked for Bic the big pen maker the in Clearwater they do uh it's like a 500 million dollar arm of their business that does imprinting on pens lighters um they bought EverReady and all these other wow things so they do flashlights and and all this other stuff so all these places that I learned kind of culminated into what I can do today uh, the big break came when I met the founder of Worldwide Sport Nutrition Protein and Nutrition uh things I was I actually got an offer for another job 
And his job interested me so much because he said, not only do you get to do the marketing, I'm going to teach you how to make products and I'm going to teach you how to, you know, uh, come up with something in your, in your head. And two months later, it's going to be an actual product selling there. This wasn't meth. This wasn't like, this isn't Heisenberg. This wasn't Heisenberg. Let me show you. Walter White. (laughs) No, no, it was really cool. Look in Florida. You know, that could be every fourth kind of opportunity like that. Hey, trust me, when things this got is low, I protein. thought about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I thought about, you know, I, it. you got to do what you got to do, right? I'm not going to knock the people that are trying to get by and maybe sure. know, push a little meth here and there. But um, no, but the you did re- do PR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got to stay neutral. Yeah. Um, anyway, so those were great experiences, but that was the one that really fed what I like to do. And uh, so we did protein bars, protein shakes. You know, we're launching them at a huge trade shows. We're dealing with Walmarts, Targets, uh, Walgreens, CVS, all that stuff. And that's kind of what I want to do with this product. I just know it takes a lot more money to do it right. And so I'm kind of on the fence. I make good money um, selling shaving products directly to my customers. And I have great customers that, you know, repeat customers. I don't have any subscription service, but they constantly Mm. reorder for me, which is great. Um, though I have to think about the, the service, but anyway, oh so yeah. the, the shave jelly and the blade butter razor booster do, do good work for me. I'd love to expand that line and only do that stuff, only do the marketing for that. But I have such great marketing clients. I still like to do that. Sure. And it keeps marketing. that consistency probably income wise. Well, it, this is maybe a startup. This is, or it's been going on for a few years, but it's still considered, it's tough to put all your eggs in that basket, you know, financially when you're you're competing on two separate you have two you have two different kinds of competitors. You have you have the Gillette, you know, the Gillette Barbasol kind of huge um legacy companies. And then you have like Harry's, you've got uh Dollar Shave Club. And that that's kind of more in your wheelhouse. Is that am I in the ballpark? Or? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'm a member of Dollar Shave Club. I think they do a great job. What people don't realize is they can actually just buy the same razors directly from the manufacturer that makes them for Dollar Shave Club. Yep. It's called Dorco USA. It's just what Dollar Shave Club excels at is well, they have ancillary products now too. They have a shave butter, which is an interesting story because they actually lifted the name from my blade butter product. And, oh. uh, yeah, th- honestly, um, my PR guy, Joe, uh-huh. uh, had sent them, uh, he thought it was in our best interest. He didn't oh, tell shit. me to Yo, say, no. Hey, let's see if Joe. they want to sell this product for you. But the reality is my product, uh, creates less razor sales because it makes your razor last up to 10 times longer. And so, um, three months after he made contact with them, they then, uh, trademarked the name shave butter. And my my trademark is blade butter, so I don't know if there's something in the future that I can, you know, go after them on. The timeline sinks, pockets. though. You know. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm actually a member of theirs. I love their product. I love their customer service. I love their whole system. It's very very friendly. You can quit it at any time. It warns you before it's going to charge your credit card. And the product itself is pretty good. And uh, so I actually tried the sh- their shave butter and I really liked it. But I said, you know what? I can make something better. So I made shave jelly and uh, I, that my trademark's pending on that as we speak. But uh, 
anyway, it's an interesting thing, and and I can do well just selling directly to consumers. I'd love to make that jump to retailers at some point, and they're all aware of me. I've met with Walgreens and and all that. I went to great trade shows, and I have good so, broker connections from my old jobs. And yeah, what I wanted to ask because I I want we uh, my wife and I love watching Shark Tank kind of obsessively. Um, it'll it'll kind of be on as like because CNBC will just play the shit out of it. <laughs> and so and I didn't really start watching a whole lot of it until probably lately so all these are new all the episodes for me <coughs> and so my thing with uh, with that is a lot of the stuff that has like licensing value where they need the investment to get licensing you know Mr. Wonderful is always that's the, that's his that's his wheelhouse I always wonder about that part how do you get from Without maybe one of those sharks, how do you get from there, from like having this good product to going, hey, we should be in these big box stores. What's going on? And you're saying trade shows might be the oh, cheat yeah. code? Uh, for us, it was the NACDS, which is the National Association of Chain Drug Stores. Um, we went to a show up in Boston, which was awesome. Um, we actually went to a, a Red Sox game. They weren't playing the Rays, but uh, we wore our Rays gear, and we did not get beat up. Okay. So that was Good pretty to know. cool. Though, uh, interestingly that means enough. That uh, means they're, like, just indifferent, which is <laughs> kind of worse. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think they were terrible that year. Okay. Um, so – uh, this is like a year and a half ago, but um, b- but interestingly enough, we were on the Green Monster and a home run was coming our way, and a guy did deck me out of the way to get the ball. So uh, I don't know, maybe that maybe I did classy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like like the the kindness only goes so far. But right. No, I can't say enough about Boston. Great, great town, great area, great fans. There you are, PR and PR in it. You can't. Got you. I, I need to sell product there, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't kill my markets. Yeah. Um, a lot of hairy Irish guys. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that's a great, you know, what's really interesting about that trade show, and if people have a product out there that, that you want to be sold in Walgreens or CVS or any other chain drugstore, the, before the show even starts, there's a, it's like speed dating. Yeah, they, they they sign these. It's a schedule for a one day thing. You get ten minutes in front of each um, uh, category manager or you know buyer, and uh, so it, it really is like speed dating because there's tables set up in this huge long room, right? And there's numbers on the table, uh-huh. and that's where the b- brokers or the buyers sit at their number the whole time. So you could be at one for the first 10 minutes and then you have five minutes to get you know two miles down the way oh (laughs) so you're scrambling you're sweating you're kind of you know throwing yourself into the seat and trying to get your stuff out there without looking all discombobulated but uh anyway that's a great thing that nacds does the only problem is it's very expensive to go to the show it probably cost me about 15 grand i actually spread the cost over with another company that was going there and uh so it worked out it worked out good. I mean, everybody trade, knows Trade shows are crazy, man. Like, there's so much – because all these companies have to spend so much money to do the trade shows. It's like a, such a racket because it's always at – it's always at, like, a union spot, and then, like, they can't they, – you can't get electricity. You have to get some asshole to come over and, like, plug it in for you, and you're like, why? Why, why did I do that? And the Freeman company owns everything, oh and you got to – yeah, Freeman. Then everywhere. when you do it on the cheap, you have to, like – all right, we got to make a trade show. <laughs> we have a, we have the smallest u- place we can get there, uh, but we got a corner. We got a corner, so that's good. And then you got to 
figure out a set, a trade show set that like, a there's no cheap, there, there's no cheap trade show. Like it's a whole you, you fucking industry that's yeah, you insane. You cannot have just the table without the bunting and a couple chairs. You got to have something that piques somebody's interest. Well, right? and, and I'm sure with that situation, like I used to work for an air purifier company, and I had to go to fucking allergist conventions. Talk about a party, uh, but it's like, you know. <laughs> We can't show up and just, yeah, have the air purifier on next to us. We have to look like, you know, we're bigger than we are. And so, like, but we had to make our own trade show set that was light and that that we could uh, assemble ourselves. But you can't get in there to assemble it the day before because you didn't pay the extra fee or whatever it was. And so it's like you're in a suit and you're scrambling to construct or assemble your fucking trade show set. And then you sweat through that, and then you're like, cool, well, you know, I, you have like 38 minutes to do it, and then the doors are open. I just wanted right, to bitch about right. this for a minute, because I, oh, yeah, I haven't no, been able that, to talk well, about was, it, and you just yeah. kind of had a, you triggered something when I'm thinking about it. It's like, went to allergist convention, a cigar convention, which oh, is- uh, Which is the anti-allergist, right? Basically. So this company, uh, I, could, I think I can legally talk about working for them. Hmm. Yeah, I think I can. Uh, so, they Rabbit Air. They had. Uh, they wanted me to get in the cigar division, um, because they would be the only air purifier really looking at that market. Got them in like cigar aficionado and all this shit. Uh, but I had to go to all the cigar conventions, and it was like, oh, I just decreased like ten years off my life by being like, <laughs> even I'm around the air purifier, and but I feel like shit. You know, like you feel so gross in those things. So. Trade shows are weird, man. It's um, well, I mean, you're right about the, you know, Freeman and all that. I mean, there's hilarious stories of, uh, of um, them putting the pallet right in the middle of the trade booth on the carpet, but we're not using the carpet. So can somebody please come move the pallet? Well, okay, you got to call five union guys. Well, no, let's just move it ourselves. No, you can't do that. That's illegal. You know, we have to move it. Oh, and it's going to cost you a hundred bucks. What about when the thing's there. done? <laughs> the thing's done. You have like eight seconds to pick up. Cause they're already they're already rolling the carpet up, and you're like, dude, what the f- like? Give me like a couple of minutes. <laughs> it's much easier to break down than put up, but like, I'm gonna need like 15 minutes. Is that okay? It'll be like, all right, trade show ends at 4:30, and there's already teamsters like rolling carpets. There's forklifts coming through, and you're like, is this okay? I get it. Like you're <laughs> when it when it comes to like the incentive of the trade show people, then you'll then you'll get it done. But when it comes to the people that are renting the real estate for the day doesn't matter. They well, don't care. A- actually, let me tell you some good stories about trade shows, though. Um, w- in the industry for protein and nutrition, you know, we have drinks that are sold in convenience stores and things like that. And uh, the NACS, the NACS, it's NACS Online. There's always an acronym, too. Always an acronym. Right. right? Always an acronym. And uh, I-, I forgot how they started, but they were petroleum something, whatever. And then they figured out NACS was much more s- sweet sounding. Petroleum but jelly, I, dare I you know, ask? It's like oil and gas and da, 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 but, oh, okay. you know, convenience stores happen to take off at some point, so they figured it out. So I think they were CSP or something like that, P- something, something petroleum. But anyway, um, those shows are really fun because you're seeing all the big brands there, the Pepsis, the Cokes, the you know Monster Energy, all that stuff. They have big, crazy booths and uh, you know Jack Link's Jerky and all that. And then so when – everything shuts down all these guys don't want to take that stuff back so they're just giving it away to all the other exhibitors and you just get huge bags of stuff and you head out of there uh 
you can't take it all on the plane, so you know you just sometimes ship some back. Get super Put jacked it in up your stuff that's going back on the pallet. You're like, how much is a case of Monster Canteens to ship home? Right. I really want to look like I'm into BMX. It's like I got them for free, but I'll pay three hundred dollars to get them back home. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it's like a necessary evil because it is that it is that bridge to get you in front of people, like you're saying, um, and you know you. It's a it it feels like a big gamble when you're a small business because you're like fifteen grand even if you chop it up with someone else which a lot of people do they'll be like hey let's share this Absolutely. ten by ten spot Absolutely. Uh, and we won't get in each other's way because it's so expensive and you're not even talking about travel to you know you uh, yeah, you gotta have people there and then you gotta be on your game too so if you're sick you're screwed like you're <laughs> if you're not having it like you're just you're you're totally screwed. So there's a lot of like pressure when you're at these things, especially when it's that situation you were just talking about where you're like, okay, well, we're spending a good chunk of money on this and um, I know the product's good. I believe in it. Now I have to really figure out how to tell them why they need it. Well, and if you do your job right, and I've seen it many, many times with with um, Worldwide and, and uh, um, Strength Systems and Nutrition Research Group, if you do it right, the sales that you get from that bump in sales you get from that show just totally eclipses anything that it cost you. Huh. And, uh, I mean, I'm talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of orders after that. I mean, we used to launch new protein bar, new protein cookie, new protein shake at these shows, mm. um, specifically the Mr. Olympia show, which uh, was in uh, Las Vegas in October-ish, and then the uh, Arnold Classic, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, you don't have classic. to tell me. I know all these by heart. Um, no, okay, no I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh, any uh, of this. Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. It's, it's a uh, weird community, man. Those those uh, bodybuilder things are like What's interesting is strange. he chose, um, it's in Ohio, and I can't remember the town. It's by Ohio State, and uh, it's a great show. I mean, you, you get to meet Arnold, which is the biggest bonus he comes walking through every booth shakes everybody's hands and and all this but it's a big sports uh convention slash um you know products convention uh, okay so that I makes think, sense you know i'm a huge ufc fan and stuff now they have a turn you know they'll have a night of fights there yeah specifically for that week and uh columbus it's in columbus ohio yeah usually uh march first week of march so we're gonna record this on a uh we're recording this on a Friday. This will come out on Tuesday, the following Tuesday. But UFC 200 Saturday, right? What are right. you? What are your thoughts? You know, I, John. Well, this Silva's is an, in, right? Silva's in. Silva's in, which is I, I think is an interesting fight. You know, I would say normally he might not have a chance watching his last couple fights. He seems a little bit behind the times. But the reality is that uh, Cormier didn't have a big opportunity to prepare specifically for him. Okay. So maybe that gives Silva a shot, you know, and uh, the other thing is, has Silva been training for a five round fight? I don't know. Hmm. You know, I don't know what his, what his rotation was up. And I don't know who who he was scheduled to to fight recently. And we could talk MMA. uh, I don't know that much. I'm very, this is about where I'm like, to answer your question, (laughs) I'm 50, 50. When I found out Jones wasn't going to be on the card and, Cormier wasn't going to fight. I was like, because I'm a John Jones fan. I, I Not of his behavior off of, sure. out of the octagon. He's like one of the best athletes of all time. Like Unreal. Uh, Unreal talent. And know. his thing is, and I, you see this with small business owners and entrepreneurs, they're self-destructive. Exactly. A lot of the time it can be ego. 
or greed, but for him, it's you know, it's getting uh, getting crunk, <laughs> right? In right. A couple right. of different well, ways. Well, that's what's surprising about this. And just to go back to the business side yeah, of yeah. protein and nutrition, it's very easily that he got an ingredient in his protein products or whatever supplements he's taking that aren't on the label. And what happens is 90% of those companies do not own the manufacturing equipment and make their own products. They go through contract manufacturers to make it uh, attractive price-wise to go with that contract manufacturer. They cut costs and those costs mean getting ingredients from China, which always have something different than them. Yeah. Than, than what's stated. I mean, we had baby formula a few years ago was a big thing. They had actual uh, auto coolant, car coolant in the baby formula, you know, those types of things. So it's very easy. Calm down, babies. That he got popped because of a, a an adulterated uh, version of a product that doesn't have. What is the, it? What, what do you get popped for? I, he can't even pronounce it. So it's some something that's probably a steroid is my guess. And hmm. uh, but it's easily that it. The man that the brand doesn't even know it's in there because their contract manufacturer used something cheap from China that they're like we ban Chinese drywall. Are you eating, are you eating <laughs> Chinese drywall? And they're like uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like with so so let's take you back. You're at the fitness uh, convention, or you know you're at the the Boston Drug, what is it? Chain Drug Store okay. convention, which is just Walgreens. Dwayne Reed and uh, CVS. CVS, Walgreens, all Rite the big Aid. players. But really what we were going for are the uh, medium level guys that have 30 stores to 150 stores because they pay you up front. The big guys, they pay you on net terms. So you take on all the risk. You put the product out there. You have to advertise and make sure people are walking through the door because they're kind of testing you. Yeah. And if you pass the test, then you get the reward. Most companies don't. They have that demand. So I know they can control that. Realistically, if I wanted my shaving products in Walgreens, I probably need to spend about four hundred thousand dollars to make sure that it goes correctly. Yeah. Now the reward is that I probably get uh, if, if I satisfied all their their requirements. They call them uh, uh, thresholds. Um, they put me on like a thirty five hundred dollar or thirty five hundred store test, and then if I hit a certain threshold within four weeks. Then they order for every store, which is over 7,700 stores Walgreens has nationwide. And it's probably six units per store. And so you can see how that can add up very quickly, and that can be very nice. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is you have to have a good manufacturer of your products because they can come back if there's anything wrong with them. And so it's a lot of risk to people. Yeah. But if you do it right, you know, there's companies in in – the nutrition industry, like Zenadrin, remember big name for <coughs> pills that you pop, whatever. Well, they were yeah, diet people pills, the Jesse Spano running the company, yeah, and they were sixty million dollars every year. They made sixty million dollars every year. I think so I took those right, for a day and wanted to like I was like, this is not, this is yeah. not. My heart is, I'm gonna have a heart attack at fifteen or something like right. that. I remember taking them. I'm like, no, this is no good. But yeah, and and that's really how they have kind of fizzled out now because of so many lawsuits. But that's the other thing. You have to carry insurance to sure. you know, at a certain level for all these companies to do business with you. And so hopefully hopefully you're doing the right thing. You're not going to have those things happen. But if they do, you're covered right. somehow. Um, so 
you're there, you're hustling on this uh, trade show, and so how does that go? Oh, it, it goes terrific. You know, I actually had Schick, the razor maker, come over to me, one of the executives over there, and he goes, I'm not going to like you, am I? And I'm like, no, you're probably not, you know, because you can see this big sign that says, I'm going to make your razor last 10 times longer. And uh, he's like, it's to the point where we want people to open the package of razors and break like two of them. So they have to buy more. Yeah. I mean, he's just being honest, right? They just want to sell razors. It's not about the highest quality sometimes. How did they not see this ahead of time? That <laughs> right. Every guy has bitched about razors uh, as as long as I can remember. And that's, you know, I'm 32. So there's not like it's a lot of uh, – I have a lot of uh, sample size on that, on that kind of people bitching about it. But I feel like – the razor game's been pretty greedy for a while, um, and never improving it never helped. They probably could have figured out how to, I don't know. They they're starting to do combat their own dollar shave club kind of stuff. Well, and that's the interesting point. I mean, they saw all of a sudden they. I think they're the bullies, right? They they want to put people out of business that that threaten them, and that's why they're actually suing Dollar Shave Club because of the. <laughs> Uh, protectant that's put over the blade mm -hmm. so it, it, it and then it goes into uh, packaging right? yeah so this protectant keeps it from oxidizing or rusting while it's sitting on the shelf waiting to be sold or be moved around the country or you know get to the end user so uh, Gillette has sued them saying that that violated their patent on a similar process and so you know whether they're right or the, whether they're wrong. Now the Dollar Shave Club has to spend X amount of dollars to defend themselves and say, you know, and I don't even know what their position is because their manufacturer is Dorco. So, right. so is it Dorco's problem or is it Dollar Shave Club? The lawsuit says versus Dollar Shave Club. Hmm. But and the other thing is th that we went to that trade show and there, it was it was a warm reception, but not really hot leads on selling directly to to. Uh, retailers because uh -huh. they say why why do i want to beat up my razor aisle you know i make good money off of that well a few months later is when gillette announced their that they were going to go after dollar shave club now they've cut walgreens out of the mix they've cut you know they tried to enter them in where when you order through gillette you could say oh i want walgreens to fulfill it for me but why wouldn't you just buy direct from gillette it's the top button it's already checked and uh, but so long story short, and they're after in a that, fucking case now. I, Walgreens calls fuck? me and says, "Hey, we're we're now interested in carrying your product." Yeah, you know, and that was a direct reason why they need to find ways. And then I found out through that process that they really don't make that much money. The margins on razors for Walgreens are not that attractive because they're so expensive in the beginning, and they're so expensive that now you go to the store and they're in these security cases. The and what is that? Like who's, who's like grifting razors to sell in the black market? Like, like I don't get that. It, I sure. Like, okay, I get it. Cause they're expensive to buy, but it's like, who's stealing these to flip around and go, Oh, what's up? I have never been approached on the street and say, Hey dude, hey man, I, yeah, look, right. Look, look at this. Right. I got, some, I got some Gillettes. I got some chicks. I, I see at the fitness conference for sure. Someone's going to pull you aside and go, Hey man, I got some roids. What's up? But like, exactly. But like, no, no, none of them are like, Hey man, you need to tone down your quads. I got some, uh, you see this trench coat over here. I got a, I got a bunch of uh, Gillette razors in there. Uh, yeah, Sell them I, to I for haven't eight. seen it either. Uh, you know, uh, maybe they're selling them on Am Amazon, eBay. I don't know. But it, it's 
Uh, yeah, that is a, that is a hustle I saw uh, Gary V talk about that uh, entrepreneur where you can go, you can go basically buy any a bunch of stuff at the dollar store and then sell it on eBay for three to seven dollars each on some items. There's probably some validity to that. I I just don't know. I feel like that's a CVS Walgreens thing and not a uh, you know right. the the pregnancy test because uh, <laughs> we had to. I had to get them when uh, we're we're finding out we're having a kid, and it's like, why are these behind the case too in thermostats? I'm like, what? what? I guess you could flip around and sell them, but I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. Well, it's you know, it it's interesting how they create those security situations. You know, I I have allergies. I take a over the counter antihistamine. Now I have to like sign oh, the card. All this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have to go through the pharmacist. It's ridiculous. And, you, and they now you feel like a crackhead because you're like, I for do. real, I'm not. I'm it, not like. You have to sign a, a sheet that says I will not make drugs with this. Right. You know. It's oh, like, who, that like, stops a real person. That yeah, stops exactly. zero people. Yeah. yeah, yeah good yeah, job. Exactly. Way to go. Uh, right, thanks, back, lawyers. Back to Heisenberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. So you're. You're doing well at the convention, and um, Schick comes up to you. Schick gives you a bunch of Schick uh, <laughs> about about uh, about how good your product is, and uh, where does that go? Well, that was interesting. Yeah, you know, it, I love reactions like that because sure. it tells me I'm probably doing something right, and uh, it's I'm probably addressing something that is a consumer problem, right? And yeah, razors are expensive, and they wear out way too fast yep right yep and so that's good and and the trade show goes great and you know like i said then gillette jumps into the the subscription service sales so i start getting calls from the people i met at that show and this is probably about a three months later okay and you know just asking me questions you know how, how's my manufacturing and all this and, and you know could, could i handle a ramp up and and you know would you be ready to be on the planogram and and all that stuff and realistically i wasn't so because i know that it takes money like i said earlier i think the magic number for me is like four hundred thousand dollars for a product line to go national with a retailer yeah now, if you do a good job with that the rewards are tremendous all the other retailers are looking at the nielsen numbers how, how many sell they get access to this database it says you know two million uh five hour energy cherries flavor were sold at Walgreens in the first week of October. I mean, okay. they, it's re really thorough stuff. So if I did well, then I'm, my phone's just going to ring. I'm not going to have to go on term. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go through the the test period with other companies. I just am in and the product's selling because it's doing well here. Yeah. So those are all things I have to think of, and and so I politely say I'm not quite ready, but I want you to keep me in mind. And that really was the goal of the show was to just let them know I exist and people are buying my product directly from me and it's that those sales are growing. Yeah. And so I get my sales from PR is a, is, is a, you know, you can't spell profit without PR, mm -hmm. right? So PR is a big thing for me, online advertising and then referrals, you know? Yeah. So, so I do pretty good and, and I sometimes flesh it out in my head, you know, do the numbers work if I just stay selling to directly to consumers is that the thing or do i take on all this risk and all these overhead this overhead and yeah lay out all this money to go even bigger down the line you know so that's a constant struggle that i have um going on in my head that's that's tough uh because 
yeah, it, not only financially that you have to invest a lot in that, but you also have to go, can we handle that supply? And like you were saying, uh, if something goes wrong, is is it going to get reverted back to us and then we have all this dead product because we try to we try to manufacture too much too quickly. Um, yeah, and that just happened to one of my clients. Uh, they were on QVC. They sold out their first run in, you know, that you get seven minutes. They sold out in like four minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, probably about $100,000 worth of product. The product cost like $9.99. The kiss of death. I told them quit there, you know, figure out how much you actually made once everybody's paid and, you know, everything's paid for and all that. And it really wasn't that much. And and I said, just drop out now. You were successful. You know, no, no, no. Nah, they got the... QVC called them, said they want to reorder two more pallets this time, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't run them at the same time slot. It wasn't the same group kind of mm. pushing it and all this other stuff. All that stuff came back. So now they've got two pallets sitting in their warehouse that did nothing for them. They paid all that money to get it done. And and really, they should have just left when they were on top, you know? Well, yeah, if, it, if it's not like <laughs> a resounding uh, like success, if they're still trying to figure out the cost benefit of going on QVC probably not a good idea to go back on until like you got a different way of doing, doing that. And in the online marketing world, which this company lives in is you're kind of talking my area where it's basically when you're doing in QVC, it's the same philosophy. I try to use, I try to use uh, QVC HSN as like uh, a way to explain online ads to people. And so it's basically, what you just said about time, uh, that matters with online advertising and online, uh, you do an email blast. What kind of audience do you have? We, I did it with, uh, an attorney we had and it's like, Oh, let's send your, your, your email list is mostly professionals. A lot of them in the legal field. So let's send this at like seven thirty in the morning. Cause the last one we sent was in the afternoon on like a Wednesday. Let's see if that does it. And open rate was like 80%, which is like unheard of. Um, And so you talk about frequency, when people are going to see it, how many times. For your product, it might have to take 12 times before they go, huh, let me check this out. And then you have to do it, what time of day is that QVC show going to be? And so when you're doing online ads, which it sounds like you're doing a lot of, it's that thing of like, all right, let's day part these from our demographics. All right, younger people. They're probably going to buy this in the afternoons during the workday, maybe the older crowd, maybe a little bit after work, uh, or maybe the spouse will buy it on the weekend when they do the shopping. I don't know how you figure out your demos and all that stuff. Right. It, it definitely varies from, from client to client for me and for my shaving products. It, it varies tremendously. I, I use the Gemini system. I use the Google system. Um, and you get to a good point there. That is figuring out the right times of day for mm-hmm. your demographic. Um, and I've seen, you know, it's like weekends are sometimes terrible because you have all the other companies bidding up pricing on you, right? Yep. And so what you would have paid for 25 cents per ad per, per click per week or during the week is now, you know, a dollar or something yeah. on the weekend. And then you don't get anything from it. You yep. know, I get more during the week and you're right i think uh i think mine's probably early evening that i that i get a lot of orders or sometimes early in the morning 
Well, I already, I always I tell know, people, people are surfing, you know, at work right before the actual, you know, it hits nine you, o'clock or, and you don't want to waste a lot of time trying to figure that out. You know, it's like, that's the beauty of the online advertising is what I talked to a lot of people about is like, we can get results. I kind of, another way to explain the results is if you play fantasy baseball before and you like stats, you'll be able to really follow this day to day. If you don't, this is going to be hard. This is going to be a stats lesson for a lot of people. But know that, you know, we you can get it in front of who you need to get it in front of. Do y'all try to market this towards the ladies? Absolutely. Um, I have a, a pink version, and uh, it's just a little sweeter and softer is what we say. It's got a little more soft skin softening ingredients, mm-hmm. and uh, that's with the uh, Razor Booster. And I, I have a great um, uh, test uh, kitchen, really. And it technically is my kitchen because <laughs> <laughs> it's my wife that uses the products. And okay. And she loves loves both products. Um, with the shave jelly, I only have one version right now, and it's got a nice scent to it. It's uh, it's pepperminty. It actually does have peppermint oil in, mm-hmm. in it. It's got uh, you know things like tea tree oil in it and, and all that. And um, what's interesting about that shave jelly is it goes on clear and it does not foam up. So okay. all you do is you wet the shaving area, you put it on, you shave, you rinse it off, you're done. It's got pre going to open up one. Yeah, pre-ingredients, during ingredients and post ingredients already in it. So it's kind of like three or four products all wrapped into one. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, it rinses cleans, non-greasy. Um, and, and so I, I just did the soft launch to my customers. I got a g- really good reception my current customers. Now I'm going to do the hard national launch. Uh, and to me, that's really not, you know, some mega thing. What it means is I'm going to start gearing my online advertising yeah. towards pushing this product. Probably going to do a little bit of PR, um, calling it kind of a shave jelly revolution. And uh, because it is so different than foam. You know, w- another thing that people don't realize about foams and creams is because there's all that those bubbles, it's moving your whiskers as you're trying to cut them. Mm. So you're not really getting the clean, consistent shave that you could. This holds it completely still. I kind of jokingly call it suspended animation. I mean, it just kind of freezes it in place. Okay. And so you're actually going to get a consistently close shave huh. with it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the ladies' part is interesting because. But yeah, back to that. I'm sorry. The just, purchase, sorry. but I, I, I sell I, to ladies. It's a fraction of my sales. I really think I need to commit to that. To well, go, but I do address. I'll that. make a case for it because I just had to talk to a, uh, a client of mine about about like, hey, you need to focus on the woman market. Not not as not same field as uh, as what you're throwing out there. But I was like, why aren't you on Pinterest? And they were like, well. It's a bunch of dudes, and I was like, "Well, you you know, like almost every, like a lot of women are on Pinterest, like it's something like eighty million or something like that." And so, and then I I saw a uh, stat from this guy that used to be called we use Squarespace as uh, our uh, website builder, uh, content management system, and uh, for anybody listening. Fuck your WordPress. No, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I hope your website's I, not WordPress. I switched from Squarespace to my WordPress. Oh, no. I'm, I'm oh, a WordPress no. guru. So. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, look, we can exist. We can coexist. It's yes, fine. Yes, yes. No, um, they both have different advantages. For e-commerce, uh, I think you're using Woo. You know, it, it I'm might, using Woo. 
it's it works a lot better with WordPress. Look, here's Shopify's a lot better with Squarespace. The only thing, the, my argument was I couldn't have as much design control as I wanted to. When? How with, long with ago? With Squarespace. Probably I switched about a year ago. Oh, man. Yeah, because I wish, we, I wish we met. 12 templates. I wish we met a while ago, man. Uh, no, we're trying to become specialists in the area. Yeah. There's no uh, Tampa Bay. But I love their they're full featured and for small, you know, entrepreneurs that are thinking about doing something. Yeah. It's a great way to go. And I probably have three clients that are doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I do update their content form and things like that. But it's very easy system to but, work. Uh, the Squarespace guru, as he used to be called, I think he used to have like a podcast and I think he got like a a big corporate job that made him like take all the stuff down because he has no videos anymore he used to show a lot of stuff uh and he was talking about pinterest and he f found some studies like 80 percent of what women pin to their board they'll buy and so you know maybe your stuff's for women is not a dress or it's not a purse or like an 800 dollar purse like my wife uh <laughs> texting me about yesterday <laughs> i was like if that's your push present that's f sure <laughs> okay i'll just work more more um no she works hard she deserves it but I, I was saying like it didn't click for me i heard it like a year and a half ago i read it that a while ago two years ago maybe and uh you know i got on um we were, we were buying a house and it didn't click until she was showing the guys that were doing the build out of the kitchen She's like, no, no, I want cabinets like these. And she's pulling up Pinterest. I'm like, don't, don't, pull, that, don't pull that shit up. <laughs> that they're going to think you're a jabroni. Like, and they're like, oh, okay. And I didn't really, I didn't realize it. She'd been thinking about this kind of kitchen for a long time. And that's why I, I'm kind of big in Pinterest because if you found the indirect stuff where people are trying to find that green, that greener area, you know, no toxin kind of community that really crunchy community uh and yeah and so I'm, I'm actually on pinterest okay. i just haven't updated anything in in a while i need to start focusing but on they got ads stuff. now that's that's what's interesting oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. big time well, get that I, vertical I, banner man really <laughs> yeah oh gosh it, yeah i haven't we'll share nerd notes then, off so air at some point i'm sure yeah um but yeah, I think that's a, an important point that you make, you know, especially with a product like mine, even if they're not buying the pink version, they may be buying the gift for their husband, their spouse, their brother, Yep. those kinds of things. You can't ignore that. And, and women are buyers. Yes. They, they will buy online. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are compared to men, but I bet, I bet, I bet there's less women, but more dollar volume going through. Uh, Internet sales? Yes, the purchasing power is it is crazy. It's uh, that would be my guess, just based on what my wife does. The, the, well, yeah, the number the number used to be way smaller. So let's say ten years ago, it used to be a lot more men, and now it's a lot more women numbers wise, but a lot, but per per woman too. So we're, we're seeing, um, you know, it's not it's not saying that oh we're going back to the fifties where the, the housewife did all the uh, the shopping, it's just like they're more on top of that kind of stuff, especially I think it was like products under $100, and they're they're on top of that kind of stuff. Amazon Priming stuff. I, you know, That's I'm probably where I'm I read I'm an Amazon it. Prime fiend. Same. Uh, I love that stuff. I love the fact that I can get stuff sometimes the same day. 
Someone told know. me a book, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to get it right now, and then I'm just going to have it in a day. Right, right. I was the like, I'm not going to sit on, on that. Five minutes, yeah. and uh, he's going to have the book. Yeah, and I was like, and I'm not. you some razors. You're giving me advice. Yeah, are y'all, so y'all aren't on Amazon, I take it. Don't they have a high price point? Here's the thing. I'm trying to be on Amazon because okay. my customers ask for it. I accept Amazon payments through Woo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, a great feature of Woo. It, by the it way. really is. And uh, I get a, a good number. I want to say maybe probably 35 to 40% of my sales yeah. are paid for through Amazon payments. Mm-hmm. So it was a good move for me. And, uh, you know, they hold it a little longer than the other companies do. Yeah. Stripe is my main one yep. that I love. Yep. And, uh, and I had that via the Squarespace. Mm-hmm. It's usually there within 48 hours, no problems. Um, but anyway, in, uh, entrepreneurs that want to sell products need to know this. You know, you're a jewelry maker, whatever. <laughs> These things come, you know, you got to know when you're going to get paid. And, yeah, there, yeah there's VIG, it, there's VIG on, on a credit card processor and you have a merchant processor. I get confused. I can't remember what's the difference. There's like, you have one that's going to take it and then they take a VIG of the credit card because they don't want to take that. So you could end up paying 5% on every sale. Right, right. And, you know, but in the old days, you'd have to pay like $500 to a a merchant processor and then you'd have all this pain in the butt paperwork and, and, uh, And but yeah, it's so much more simplified. Go ahead. No, I would take the five. I'll take it. Yeah. And, uh, and my buddies over at, uh, partially it's partial.ly, uh, not.com. It's, uh, they, they do flexible payment plans, so they set it up with your WooCommerce, and you could, let's say, you sell a sell package of these, and someone want, doesn't want to pay whatever amount up front, they can get an option. You can give them the option to change right. it. And right. so they they he was walking me through all the all the percentages that have to go through that you don't even realize on the other yeah, side. There's so many middlemen that you you don't even. No, but it's all automated. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, like, it's like I want to be one of the middlemen. I just collect this <laughs> stuff passes through. Right. You know? Well, uh, man, this went by really fast. Um, look, before we close it down, because, you know, it's been something like 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, what, what I guess, where can people go to find it? Uh, find your products. Well, you just go to bladebutter.com. And uh, there you'll find both products. You'll find information. You'll see uh, links to articles like I've been reviewed by Thrillist. Um, oh, nice. Uh, good housekeeping. Yeah, I like to say that uh, I took a sticky protein bar. You know, I was telling a story downstairs uh, that we created a protein bar that everybody loved. Did we go through this? Uh-uh. And, uh, <laughs> only do you tell stories? I forget sometimes. <laughs> I do this to my wife. She hates it. I'm like, wait, wait do we I? talk about this? And where, she's like, do you do you not remember when we're in the same room? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I use a lot of the same stories. <laughs> you know, the story is I took a sticky protein bar and turned it into a top rank shaving product. That always gets somebody's attention. Uh-huh. So uh, I was in the protein industry, made a great bar. The only complaint was it was sticking to the insides of wrappers. The wrappers are clear foil, clear. Started. Uh, we didn't want to change the bar because everybody loved it. So we started looking into infusing oil into the inner layer. Mm-hmm. And so I put these oils through a highly filtered process, and it flew right through the metal and everything. So I discovered an oil, natural oil, that would penetrate metal and protect it from the inside out. So it wasn't good for the sticky protein bar thing because yeah. I only needed the one layer. But I said I set this on my shelf, and I said, you know, this could be good for something. I just don't know what it is. And so about two years later, I 
ran out of shaving cream and every time I do a shave, uh, a soap and water shave, it's itchy and irritating and burns and, and all this. So I said, Hey, I have that oil. I'll just dip my razor in it. Maybe that'll soften the blow. And I was like, Holy crap. Huh? This is a really good thing. I need to take this to my formulators and figure out how to make it even better from here. Cause I know that. And, and so I got photos of the oil penetrating, uh, the metal and the amount of wear through 25 shaves and all this. So those are on my website too. So you see how it works. Um, basically you dip it in there and it instantly because of, uh, we're using, um, uh, magnetic energy to kind of separate the mole- molecules. It actually magnetizes just enough so that it goes right to the metal. Yeah. And so it's instantly penetrating huh. that metal. And, uh, so we made it more than a, a, a one trick pony kind of thing. And so it also, you know, um, uh, has skin repairing ingredients. It also sanitizes your blade, all with natural ingredients, mm-hmm. tea tree oil, aloe, um, vitamin E, those mm-hmm. types of things that people are looking for. That's awesome, so, man. So that was my aha moment with those. And uh, so you can read about that, and I'm, I'll eventually make a video about that on the site, but you can read the backstory. And uh, and so infographicbutter.com. I'm big into infographics. Yeah, I've been you know, obsessing I go on Fiverr and get that, you know. I it, love Fiverr. Picto chart. Do that. Get an account on that. Chart. Yeah, you could do it if you can. If you can make this, this, uh, yeah. this product, uh, if you can oh. figure out how to use PictoChart. And so, you know, the main thing is, I had all these manufacturers that I worked with for years. So, so it's not something I'm creating in my basement. You know that I'm trying right. to sell oh, yeah, to yeah, people. Yeah. I want, I want them to know that. But everything you see, website, uh, advertising, videos, all that stuff, I created. So I'm pretty proud of that. And. Uh, you know, I wish it was my full-time gig. That's really my ultimate goal. Yeah, is uh, to just focus on this full-time. It's just I'm not quite there yet. And you know, maybe that takes an investor to come in or, or something like that. And that's something that I'll look into in the near future. Hey, any investors out there listening? Yeah, uh, that was yeah. a that was a call. <laughs> it was a call please, to arms, please guys. Call me. Uh, cool, man. Yeah, what, it, we're seeing. I, I didn't even get in to talk about how I was. Uh, I didn't make the cut for Shark Tank. We'll have you back on, man. I didn't make the cut for West Texas Investors Club either. I I don't know what the real reason is, but I have a feeling that uh, either they don't want to piss off razor companies that spend a lot of money with those networks. Possibly. Or I'm just not that exciting. Well, you're a white male, and that's a disadvantage now. (laughs) So that's a major major faux pas (laughs) society-wise. And, you know... Casting wise, now I just know how those casting things go. I have a lot of friends that do that, and I'm like, oh, secretly casting's the most racist thing, because it'll be like, all right, we're doing uh, commercials for uh, Bank of America. We need a black dude. We need an Asian couple. We need Indian guy, professional looking Indian guy, not, uh, and we need like one white guy out in the background and a mom with a kid. And you're like, <laughs> it. Okay, you're going for diversity, but the casting call is the most racist shit of all time. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, but we'll definitely have you back on, man. I want to. Oh, I want to hear great. those stories, man. That sounds um, great. Yeah, I got a bunch of them. You know, uh, like I said, I, I've made a lot of mistakes. So if I can help anybody out there not to make those same mistakes, that's always great. Hit them up. And hit them up, man. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, trying to get out of town so I don't hit. A dick load of traffic going to Orlando for a gig tonight, but uh, uh you're, th- you're screwed, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's three thirty. I know, I know. Well, you know, at least, uh, at least the Florida. Uh, no, we love that little jaunt too. That's what's so nice about living in this area. You can be pretty much anywhere within a couple hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> it could be a lot quicker with a, a light rail. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, appreciate it, man, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on all again. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it.